They have too many cases to care. She was an adult, so they won't do anything. Meanwhile, I lie in bed every night wondering if she's in a ditch somewhere, if she has food to eat. Mona released a big sigh and her shoulders sagged. Or if her bones are bleaching in the sun. A shudder hit me full force. No matter how sneaky or forward Mona might be, she shouldn't have to live with that thought hanging over her. She lived in Old Town. She lived in Alexandria, outside of Old Town proper, but she worked here in town. She disappeared one evening and was never seen or heard from again. Next week, she will have been gone for five years. Sounds like someone nabbed her, said Nina. I flashed her a warning look. We were not getting involved. Mona placed her fists on the table. Wouldn't you think someone would have noticed something? Uh-oh, I could tell where this was going. No, you don't. I spoke firmly, because Mona struck me as the kind of person who kept at you until she achieved her goal. I see what you're doing. I am truly sorry about your daughter, and I hope you find her. However, I am not in the business of locating missing persons. No matter how sorry I felt for her, I knew nothing about finding people. It would be wrong, wrong, wrong to mislead this poor woman. She needed a professional criminal investigator, not an event planner. Mona drained her latte. Is she always this stubborn? she asked Nina. Nina had the nerve, the gall, to wink at her. Sophie balks at first, but she usually does the right thing. She looked at me, fighting a grin. She'll come around. Not this time. So sorry. I'll walk you out, said Nina. To me, she said, I'll see you at Roscoe's round four. Mona picked up her purse and returned to the table to pluck two more chocolate croissants from the platter and wrap them in a handkerchief she pulled from her handbag. For the road. But don't think I'm through with you yet, young lady. How would your mother feel if you disappeared and she didn't know what had happened to you? Ouch. Her question hit home. My family would be frantic if any of us were missing. I felt like a crumb when I watched them walk away. My phone was ringing when I returned to my kitchen. I answered only to hear an agitated voice yelling, Stop that! I said, stop that! Oh no, how could this have happened? The connection went dead. Hello? I checked the caller ID. Mindy Green, Roscoe's new wife. I hit the button that redialed the number. Busy. Due to the wedding, Roscoe had given me a free hand in setting up his picnic. Mindy had been busy in Ireland, so I hadn't spent much time with her yet. It was going to be a long day. I walked Daisy and tried calling Roscoe. When he didn't answer, I left a message. Hurrying, since I didn't know what was up over at Roscoe's house, and I figured I should get over there, I showered and slipped into a loose-fitting coral-colored sundress.
I pinned my hair up with a clip and skipped makeup altogether. If I was out in the heat most of the day, it would only slide down my face and give me dreadful raccoon eyes. But that reminded me to wear a hat, a coral hat, with an extra broad brim matched my dress nicely. I skipped sandals and went for turquoise keds, not elegant, but practical for someone who would be on the run all day. I clipped on heart-shaped earrings that had been a gift from my ex-husband, and I was out the door. Just then, Wolf's car eased into a parking spot in front of Nina's house. We had met almost four years ago, on Thanksgiving weekend. It had taken us a while to date, but we had been an item for about three years. Wolf's irregular hours as a homicide investigator with the Alexandria Police Department, and my late hours as an event planner.